0: I'm Noah, and I'm Ben, and you're listening to Product Journey. Hey Ben, how's it going? Hey man, um, pretty good. What about you? Doing good, and I'm especially excited because we got a guest on the podcast today, Matt Winsing. How's it going, Matt? Hey, it's going great. So yeah, Matt is the founder of Summit, which is a financial planning software as a service. He also founded Risk Pulse, and he is the co-host of Out of Beta, um, which is a really good podcast. Um, I know me and Ben watch it, and we enjoy it a lot. So yeah, thanks for coming, Matt. We're we're excited to talk to you about some different some different topics. So cool. Oh, yeah. thank,
1: this is this is gonna be fun. Thanks for having me on.
0: So, um, so I was just thinking, just kind of funny. Um, have, have you had anyone tell you that you have a good podcasting voice? Uh,
1: people told. So, this is a real silly answer. Maybe somebody told me that before I started podcasting, which maybe kind of encouraged me. <laughs> Ever since I have, no one has. So that could be. Maybe, maybe I could interpret that. Actually,
0: <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. So I have a little encouragement for you then, because I, I do think you have a good podcasting voice and it's yeah it's just good and out of beta and you guys do a great job and out of beta so i enjoy listening to it so we're always thanks trying for sharing to sharing all your your knowledge on there
1: thanks no I, I i really love doing it and i'm happy that i have a co-host that keeps me uh keeps me disciplined about doing it i think that's the the best way to not give up i don't know how the folks <laughs> that do it i don't know how the folks that do it solo keep up you know like keep yeah yeah, so that's no, great. That would be difficult. Shout out to Peter Soon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. So, Summit is a kind of like a forecasting tool. And I don't know about Ben, but I feel like I don't know a lot about forecasting. Um, so, could you just kind of first off give us a little like class, like a 101 course on forecasting? Um, why why sh- we why we should be doing it um, and then uh, we'll kind of see how Summit ties into that but yeah, yeah. just kind of a little jump into it
1: yeah yeah um, so forecasting I mean 101 is I mean I I'll, I'll get a little philosophical first um, to kind of set the stage but I mean it's it's actually something that we do and this depends on how you define forecasting but I've been I've been working on forecaster related businesses for the last um, 15 years now. So when I, when I think about forecasting, I do think about it a little bit differently than others, probably. So the first reaction is probably, oh, spreadsheets and financials and accounting and a bunch of hockey sticks and stuff that maybe people don't believe in. And that is oftentimes the case. Um, but when I think about forecasting, what I'm trying to do, I'm really going deeper into, um, forecasting is man, it's everywhere. So, um, it's actually what makes so much of what we do possible. Like, you know, um, me telling my wife I'm gonna meet her this afternoon, you know, to do something or other, right? Like I'm making a prediction. And if that's not true, things don't work. If it is true, then, you know, we end up having lunch together or whatever, right? So um, Mm -hmm. like literally us just being rational beings who have this idea of cause and effect and go through life making plans and thinking about what we're gonna do today, tomorrow, the next day, or even a year from now or what your summer vacation is going to be like, like it's all forecasting, right? And I think that some forecasting that we do we're really good at um, and some forecasting we do we're really bad at. And so I think sometimes, yeah. I think sometimes kind of like artificial intelligence gets redefined. The more people do things that people would have called AI in the past Or like, oh, that's not AI. AI is when like, you know, a robot runs down your streets and like, you know, jumps over a, a, yeah. ma- a mailbox, like that's AI, <laughs> but like, but you know, like what are, what your credit card company does to detect fraud? Like that's not AI anymore. Um, so like same thing with forecasting. I think like once forecasting becomes this like intuitive thing that you just do as easy as breathing, right? Like, you know, how oh, man, I'm gonna be late to work today because of this traffic, right? Like once that's, once you take that for granted, you don't call it forecasting anymore. Right. Um, but it, mm-hmm. but it is right so so um, and I
0: so it's kind of like yeah. we expect forecasting to be like a difficult thing I guess yeah
1: I think forecasting we um, we think of it you
0: know it's one step better
1: than fortune telling sometimes um, <laughs> as, as you know as opposed to just um, cause and effect predictions et cetera and there's there you can go very deep on this philosophically and ask questions like you know fate versus free will and how much can you control how much can you predict like what is are people even rational right like there's just so much great to me i just love the subject because it gets at the heart of so many deep questions but um (laughs) just to like you can get deep pretty quick (laughs) you, you can you can like and just just for fun i'll mention one thing so i was reading a book um I have a little octopus in my uh, in, uh, emoji in my Twitter handle. And the reason is it's like it's one of my favorite animals. These things are so interesting. But, but I was reading a book. So I was reading a book about octopi, which I know is kind of weird. Um, and it was, <laughs> it was actually talking about like uh, their consciousness versus ours. Like do, do octopi think, right? And it was getting into like the evolution of human consciousness. And one thing that it said that was like just blew my mind was why do we even have the ability to like think through things, like kind of have this little space in your head where you like work through the Rubik's Cube and and figure out stuff. It's because your brain developed that ability because it needed to predict what was gonna happen next because it needed to filter out the signal versus the noise so that you could walk down a sidewalk or before that, so you could start a fire. Like we predict, therefore we are, right? Like it's, it's so inherent. So what I'm trying to do is say like, look, you think about your business all day, every day that thinking through your business of like, oh man, should I go to this conference or should I call up this person and try to sell them on my thing? Or should I do this? Like you're just trying to figure out what's next, right? And so what, what I'm trying mm-hmm. to do with Summit is create like a product where you can kind of have those conversations, but in an app, right? And right. you know, that's, that's the ultimate like super big, hairy, audacious goal with the app. Um, but it all starts with data. So that's that's where I spend most of my time.
2: That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So awesome. first of all, we should probably link that octopus book in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Footnote. note. Um, and one question that pops to mind is um, when talking about forecasting, and because you already said that it requires data, first of all, um, when would you say it would be a good timing for somebody starting a business to basically start forecasting and start using Summit?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, so huh, it's interesting. Even before we have data, we can we can make assumptions. So assumptions mm-hmm. are the things we do when we don't have data. So I can sit here and say, you know, I'm going to make an app and I'm going to charge 49 bucks a month for it, and I'm going to make the assumption that people buy, um, you know, people buy it, right? And I'm gonna make the assumption that you know one out of 10 people that come to my website sign up for a trial and I can make all these assumptions, right? So what I what I did with the app is, because I want it to be um, usable even by people who are just starting to think about their businesses, there's a modeling tool um, which just requires assumptions. And you don't need any data, actually. So if, if, mm-hmm. in, in a way, what that is, is it's just kind of a unit test for business models where you're like, let me, what if the price was this and the close rate was this and the leads per month was this, you know, oh, yeah. and this, this, what if you set all these things, right? And just hit play, right? Like what does that look like? Right. And then it'll just be like, okay, you know, we don't have any, we don't have any empirical evidence of any of this yet, but like, let's just assume that that's, that works. Like that's what it ends up being. Here's what your business looks like. Right. And you can, you can see um, other examples of this. Like, um, Christoph Jantz and his, uh, he likes to use little animals as like examples of SaaS companies. I don't know if you've seen, but it's like, (laughs) you know, hunting mice versus hunting elephants. And that's just an assumption of like, if you have million dollar contracts, you only need a hundred contracts, right? And if you have, Mm -hmm. you know, thousand dollar contracts, you need, you know, a thousand, you know, a hundred thousand contracts. And so the first thing I did was build a modeling Piece of it that lets you make assumptions. The second part actually was backfilling that with data and saying, um, "But if you start working on your business and you start to collect data with Stripe or bare Metrics or ProfitWell or ChartMogul, um, we can start to then put that data into the model instead of just using assumptions." Right. So we're basically think of it as you start with a model, and then you slowly replace your assumptions with verified data sets. Right. Yeah, Which, that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Interesting. So I guess this is where my head's at just cause I am in the very early stage. Um, I don't Do you find that there's people that they, I guess for me, I almost feel like I hardly, I don't have very many assumptions, I guess, which maybe that's a bad sign, <laughs> but basically like I'm in a place where it's like, <clears throat> I kind of just want to try something and, um, kind of just see what happens after that. I almost, I almost feel like assumption, not that it will necessarily hurt me, but it's like I don't necessarily feel I'll get too much out of that. Or I, I guess I feel like I'm at a place where I just don't know so much that it's it's hard to even make an assumption, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you heard that or talked to anyone with similar? I, I, think,
1: I think so. I mean, that's true. And I think what you're basically saying is i want to be sensitive to the market and what people actually end up right. be, being willing to do you know and the needs that are there like you can't you can't just um there's no carte blanche where you can just say like no like this is what you want and this is what you're gonna pay but <laughs> right but you know what i've done with summit and i know rob walling really liked this um this was his approach to drip is you can say like i want to design my business i don't just want to be the recipient of a business that emerges from mm-hmm. the market. And so you could you could cross off some things. Like so Derek Reimer's a good example of this too. Like after level, he wrote down, like, I want this kind of business, right? And I don't want this kind of business. And so mm-hmm. even there, you're like ruling out certain things. Like I know for Summit. At least right now, and I could eat. I could end up. <laughs> I, I I reserve the right to change my mind on this, but like I don't want an enterprise sales business because I've already done that, and I, I don't want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Right? And and um, I'm gonna go down that road. <laughs> not not right now. Um, give me a couple years, but like you do start to um, make some strategic decisions, maybe about what you will and won't accept in terms of the kind of business you're building. And, and if, you, if it's helpful, think of it this way. Like, you know, as soon as you set one of those things, right, in motion, it does start to dictate other things. So the way, the way I like to think about this is like, the price that you're going after to me is the single, the price that you set, right, or choose to have is the single biggest determinant of every other piece of your business model. Like I, I think of it like, like the size of the wing on an airplane is like the price right? So the bigger the price, the bigger the wing, right? Well, the bigger the wing, mm-hmm. like probably the bigger the plane, the bigger the plane, the bigger the engines, right? The, the larger the weight, the more runway you need to get off the ground. Like just that one decision like sets in motion a whole bunch of other things. Like if you charge $9 a month, like you simply can't sell it, not self-service, right? And if that's the case, then this, this this so it's almost like a chain reaction. Like if I guess if right. you could if you could be deliberate about one thing up front, it's probably once you determine the problem you want to solve, and that's a whole nother topic, right? But right, like right. that that one decision about price, I think, really um, rules out a bunch of stuff that's not going to work. So so I kind of think of like the Wright brothers. So you this is fun little history trivia, but like the Wright brothers invented a wind tunnel, which allowed them to test like a hundred different airplane designs before they ever did the Kitty Hawk thing. So Mm -hmm. you could imagine like what you're doing as a business designer is choosing like different attributes of this thing that you hope works (laughs) and like, yes, you can just go out there into the field and like run down the hill with 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 your airplane and like hope it flies. But, like, there yeah. are certain things that we know now about SaaS businesses that work and don't work. And, like, it's probably better to do a little bit of wind tunnel testing first <laughs> and be like, yeah. sorry, your plane weighs, like, 8,000 pounds. That's not going to work, right? And, you know, <laughs> it, it can it can maybe save you a bunch of time, right? Um, and maybe even a bunch of, dis- right. you know, maybe some injuries. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah that's that that i can see some need for that for sure (laughs) (laughs) that's a good way to put it that makes (coughs) so much sense and i love that
2: like while you were talking all i could think about was actually the pricing of superhuman the email client which charges like 30 bucks per month yeah because it's like the perfect example for what you just said like the pricing determines so much of what they can and can't do like this actually also like it it kind of makes sense that they onboard people like one-on-one because it wouldn't probably be the best thing to uh, to like let them self-serve at this point and basically just like concierge them into the product mm-hmm. and it kind of allows them to do that and also sets like other boundaries i guess and also expectations for the for the customers so yeah i can totally see the see the use case of summit like just to try out different scenarios and
1: yeah <laughs> makes sense yeah yeah it's it's fun and and there's blueprints for this stuff too like you know you there's pretty there's like solutions if you think about this whole thing as like one massive equation with a bunch of variables right yeah there are like known solutions to that equation right there's the high price low volume enterprise sales solution there's the yeah, exactly. moderate price inside sales moderate volume to high volume solution and then there's the super high volume self-service low price solution now you can create new solutions, which is, like, Superhuman is is a really cool example of. Like, what if we charged like a self-service price versus free <laughs> for something that's a massive market? And so, like, they're trying something new, um, which then lets them do things that others can't. So, like, that's another way to think of it is like if if your competitor in the space has already selected some combination of variables, like you know, three hundred bucks a month, which is clearly inside sales territory and this volume of customers maybe experimenting with something that's like well what if you went after that like high end low end you know like that that's that's what superhuman is kind of doing with gmail it's like wait what you're charging for, <laughs> you're charging for email like that's crazy they they're trying yeah. to find a new solution but the deal is like if they do like that is worth a ton um yeah. so that's, an, that's another way to think of it is like kind of hacking you know, existing um, solutions to that equation, coming up with your own.
0: Yeah, so I I remember you talking about with Peter on Out of Beta, kind of this idea that um, you had at the time of, like, kind of showing some of those variables in Summit, like, that you're picking in the background or or, or that you're setting in the background so that, you know, the the user can kind of see, like, okay, what decisions were made here to kind of get to this point. So uh, have you... Like where is, where are you at with that? Like how does, how does summit do that? Yeah. Um, the, uh, so as far as I got, uh,
1: let's see, at this point, what I do is, um, you know, those of you that are familiar with, like, you know, you just did a push and you're watching the shell, you know, spit out a bunch of, you know, uh, whatever standard output. And you're seeing, you know, these packages being built and this is be you know, I have that equivalent in summit where it's like, oh, you know, the months are flying by and you're like seeing what's happening month mm. by month, right? But what I haven't done yet is say like, wait, how is this working? So it's, it's almost like um, if you ever played SimCity and you like <laughs> do like the like the fast forward mode, right? Yeah, yeah. Where like the population's going up and like the, the amount of money in your bank account's changing and your you're, little citizens are like protesting or not or whatever and the traffic's building up. like you can kind of watch the simulation happen and fast forward. Right. But I haven't gotten to the level of being like, well, this is why the population went up and this is why Mm -hmm. your, your amount of money went down. Like I haven't kind of gone that level deeper. Um, And I think there's just like, I have a mountain of content marketing and education (laughs) (laughs) to do, which is thank you for having me on this podcast. It helps. (laughs) But like, how does it work? Right. And uh, right. Yeah, that's, that is kind of the magic, um, and I'm not afraid of sharing it because I don't want it to be opaque. It's just, it's um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a game, you know. It's like how do games work? It's like, well, we we can explain how Doom works or Quake. It's like or whatever the you know Call of Duty. It's like, well, we have a physics engine, and when the bullet leaves the gun, it you know drops at this rate per meter per second, and if you're accurate with your thing, it hits. Like, I kind of wonder, right? Because it's a simulation, like. At some point, I think I'm gonna to get to the level of people going like, "Okay, I trust that you have an engine in there that like accounts for all of these things." Um, but like, in, in the means, you're not just picking random numbers. Yeah, I, I trust <laughs> it Like, otherwise, it's like playing one of those games with like severe lag, where you're like, "I I led the guy, like, like, I totally clicked. That should have been a headshot." Um, no, so I, I don't want people frustrated with with it. Um, uh, but but it's fun, and, and and maybe as you can tell, like I love. I love teaching, like I love digging into subjects and, and, and like explaining how things work with people. It's it's how I it's kind of a joy that I get in my life. So um, I'm looking forward to that. It's yeah. just I've been buried under all this darn products and marketing work. <laughs> so um, <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. So have you kind of along those lines, have you kind of had to do some like hand holding for the users that are trying out Summit and getting into it? Yeah, I I have, and I I have to say I, lo- I love it. You know, um, that's mm-hmm. that's
1: like the best part. So you know, it's probably it might be like a dozen at this point uh, startups that I've worked with like in depth, where it's like help me build an accurate model, help me you know understand my data, and then I, I mean um, it's cool because I just say hey, is it cool with you if I if I take a look under the hood and and help you out, and they're like hey, go for it. You know? So <laughs> so usually people are like yes uh i I love your help so i'm I'm helping a couple um right now actually think through their fundraising strategies for the year um which is also like that's a classic role for a cfo in a bigger company is like you turn to your chief financial officer and you say like hey i know it's running out of money like help me think through you know where we're going to get the money how we're going to get it what it's going to cost us to get it and all that stuff um i do want summit to be really good at fundraising advice. So that's, that's something I'm working on. So I kind of have a different kind of buckets, like fundraising advice and help is one reason I go deep with folks. Um, and then I've got a couple others that I'm working with where it's just like, we want to do, and these are some decent sized businesses, like six to seven figures a year in revenue in terms of indie SaaS companies, like pretty, pretty healthy businesses. But they've reached the point where it's like, we want to grow faster. Um, but we're not sure like what lever to pull, right? And, and we also have all these mm-hmm. projects that we're working on where we have like two or three engineers maybe who are about to spend like a month or two on a feature. Like <laughs> help us, help, can your tool help us figure out like if it's worth it to do that? And like, and if we do that, like what's the gain gonna be for the business? Like if we deliver that feature and it increases the average revenue per user, you know, by this much for people on the gold plan, right like what's the payoff of that like is that even is that the right thing to do because i know people want it and i want to build it <clears throat> but like what's mm-hmm. the business <laughs> impact what's the business impact of doing that right yeah um, yeah that's what i'm trying to help them think through
0: nice and, and i'm sure that that allows you to kind of see how summit's doing and that like totally. get feedback on it like how it helped them in different ways and, and make it better and stuff
1: Totally, totally. I that's, mean, that's it,
0: probably a good, pretty pretty good plan. It
1: It is. Like, I am basically using the tool on their behalf. Um, and then I'm like, okay, this is not my business design, ultimately. <laughs> it's for Matt Wensing to, like, do the thing. <laughs> so what it, it helps me figure out, like, how much of this could be automated? Where would help docs come in handy? Like, what videos should I be thinking about creating in the future? Like, I do want to self-serve. I'm not going to say that I will I won't end up always having, like, some people that I... Help, but like those are your—that's customer development, right? I—I I don't think that ever, right? That never stops, right? You just kind of install a product layer underneath, and then you climb up another rung, and you're like, okay, those people are good if they just use the product. Now I'm gonna like handhold these people, right? Um, so, yeah, that's my current work week.
0: Have you seen like people that you're kind of handholding that they like that they don't want to jump in it themselves, like or like? Like it maybe is too intimidating to them or um, like they, they kind of just want you to do it because they're not sure. There, there definitely
1: are. I, I, I do think it it splits into a couple, like it's almost like a personality test. Like some people are the engineers who are like, like they see a quick start guide, they read like three lines, watch a video and they're just like copy pasting code and they're like breaking, <laughs> like they're just, they're just trailblazing. And like I see people do that. I'm like, holy cow, like... <laughs> You just like went from signing up to like creating growth plans and connecting all your stuff in like an hour, and you're like inviting co-founders to join your account. Like, that's amazing. Other people are like, okay, I I, I unwrap the box, um, I've got the manual open to page two, um, and I'm just a little worried, like, if I'm am I am I correct about these assumptions because I don't want to hit the button. If, if, <laughs> yeah. if it's going to break it, you know, and you're like, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I had a friend like that growing up. who's a photographer and, you know, I was a photographer too. And I was just like taking, I was like, I'm going to learn by taking pictures, you know? And it's like, meanwhile, he's like, okay, welcome to the Nikon D80 you know, like <laughs> gently connect the lens to the front of the body of the camera and rotate clockwise. And he just loved that stuff. So I'm like, okay. Um, so it's both kinds. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any like signal in that as far as like the people who are the one type are like great customers and the people who are the other type are not great customers. Unfortunately, like mm-hmm. it might be nice if it were cause like lower touch would be like, it'd be nice. If it was like turned out that nobody that needs help is a good candidate and vice versa but like it's it's really not that way. Um, I think some people some people just have like that lower estimation of their abilities <laughs> and, and like yeah. more anxiety when it comes to new tools and um, and, and you know that's that's a whole other challenge of like how do we make microcopy that gets people to not worry about
0: <laughs>
1: breaking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I almost see like it could almost like open up an opportunity I mean, this would be going maybe in a different way than you want to. I don't know if you've thought about this, but it could almost open up an opportunity where like when people get to a certain situation, some it's showing something they have questions about, they, they kind of want to talk to maybe like an expert or something that you could like send them off to someone else, you know, and you know, you get paid, you know, something for that. And it could be almost like a little business model thing where you're helping businesses in that way, but it's hopefully scalable because you can use like a little network of people or something. Yeah. So I want to, I would love to
1: create a train the trainers model for that where accelerators and investors and maybe, maybe, you know, just mentors, um, for hire, if you will, could like become power users and then help people use it. So I I created a bunch of tools where it's like, you can have observers on your account. You can have, um, Mm, contributors on your account. You can invite those people into your account. So like they can't change stuff, but they can get in there and comment on things. Um, there's an accelerator in India that I've been working closely with called Upeka and they they've been using it at their like monthly or quarterly you know huddles, basically or summits that they do for their companies, and they're like let's look at your forecasts. Um, and I'm working closely with Robin Einer at Tiny Seed right now to try to create something similar, you know, for the for the batch one and batch two companies at Tiny Seed. So like at least I have power users who are like seeing a stream of new adopters and they can, they can hold their hands when I can't, you know?
0: Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Like they could, you could be doing your forecasts and then like those experts could just see your data through Summit and be like, Hey, uh, maybe this is what this means Uh, when you have questions and stuff. That's, that's pretty awesome that they could see all that stuff too and help. Yeah. I like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a value add when the founder doesn't have to like share their data in some other way. Like, first of all, it's just way more efficient than, yeah, let me screen scrape or download or email like last month's Stripe data or whatever. Like, that's just all, that's all painful. Um, But the other thing is it lets you jump to like the chase a lot faster, which is like, oh, you know, I see that your ARPU is declining, you know, as your number of customers is flattening. Like, you know, I can just tell that you're going up market, right, or you're doing a lot of upselling. Like, it's just, you get to value add a lot faster when you don't have to do the the basics every time or shave the yak um, every single time you mm-hmm. need a sweater, you know. So that's that's a big benefit there. Um, but then I, you know, I don't ever want to be completely removed from it either. So I'm having a lot of fun, you know, digging
0: in with these these companies. Yeah. Sorry, Ben. I, I know I've been I've been asking all my questions. <laughs> oh, that's
2: all right. <laughs> um, so we we're also wondering, like, did you have? Uh, maybe one or more clients that you, like, had a really big impact on their business? Because I imagine that if you, like, if they see that Summit has a huge impact on their business, well, then it's a really huge impact, I guess, because they can, like, drive real value from that. And I mm-hmm. guess that's pretty pretty good, great validation for you then.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I think I do have some, I have a couple quick stories, maybe on, on both sides. So, like, I will say I, I've had sometimes a, um an impact uh but what i've seen so there's not a lot of hockey sticks in summit right it's like the yeah yeah it's the land of no hockey sticks it's like the land <laughs> <laughs> it's the land of like you know very realistic projections um and i think that can be for some founders disheartening i think for other founders it can be almost um i'll just say frustrating where it's like you know Wait, but you know, I have this goal of like doubling revenue in the next three three months. Like, and you're basically telling me that like, you know, there's no. It's not going to happen. It's not. You're basically telling me it's not going to happen. Like, you're, you're telling me it's a one in a thousand chance. Um, that doesn't feel very good. And it's like, look, I'm, I'm, I am not telling you that. What's telling you that is like, the the math is basically saying that like, unless you, this, this, or this, like, it's just not like. What do you? It's nice to dream about like some black swan event happening that like doubles your business in the next two months, but more than likely you're going to need to double your leads or double your conversion rate or double your pricing or double something, right? Um, <laughs> to get there, like that's not just going to happen because you work really hard. Like you work a bunch of like so it's it's it it's a reality check, um, and I think I, I I did actually. So some I've had people, uh, some people get angry and they're like does this tool even understand like how great things have been going in the last two months? It's like, yes, but your business is 36 months old. And like the last two months are, you know, great, but like, that's not indicative of like your overall trajectory as a three year old company. Right. Um, But like founders get way over biased on recency. Right. And we, we want to think like last month was awesome. And that, that's why we suffer from this like roller coaster effect where we get so disappointed. Mm-hmm. Like next week, <laughs> when stuff like when stuff goes back to sucking, you know, or, or just being normal, right? We can't have a high every week. Um, but the other one, uh, story on the on the flip side is like I did have a founder who was responsible for revenue at a larger business, um, run through the numbers, and he was like, you know, he hadn't shared the goal. He was tasked with figuring out what's the goal going to be for the year, um, and this is a business that's doing over five million in revenue, right? And it's like the CEO of that business says, what's our goal for the year? um, And how are we going to get there? And he gave me what his like gut number was. um, And I ran it through the system. And I just like basically the system puts a crosshairs on the charts that you have to show you like the goal. And I'm like, "Um, yeah, that's there's just that's not going to happen. Like and and, and I said, but but, you know, if you do the things you're talking about doing, you could probably get, you know, 50% of the way there. And, like, I showed him mm-hmm. an alternate universe where, like, they <laughs> changed their leads because they introduced, you know, a lower price tier and, like, all this stuff. And I was like, okay, if you execute on this, you could probably get this. And his response to me was, like, you literally just saved me embarrassment <laughs> and, like, and and like maybe, <laughs> wow. I, you know, maybe not my job, but, like, Nobody wants to be on the hook for an unrealistic goal. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, nobody wants to find out six months from now that the goal that they set was, like... And, and you know what happens in those cases when people set unrealistic goals? Like, first of all, you stop hearing about it, right? <laughs> That's the first thing that happens. Like, nobody mentions yeah. that goal anymore because um, it's too painful and embarrassing to talk about, like, because we're all way too close to the goal now to realize we're not going to hit it. Um and then number 2 like people start it gets it can get like in a bad situation or in a situation where that goal set things like bonuses or fundraising milestones or other stuff like it can be very high stakes right like yeah, sud- yeah. suddenly the team is like we're not talking about that goal anymore and that was the one that was supposed to give us like our profit sharing check or that was the one that was supposed to give us like whatever our our bonus for the year or that's the one that was going to let us hire a new customer success person we said that if we hit you know 63k a month in revenue we were going to be able to hire a new engineer and now we're not but we're not talking about that goal anymore like toxic toxicity and cultures often has its root in bad forecasting because as founders Mm -hmm. we sell people on a vision and an optimistic vision is the only thing that puts wind in our sails but (laughs) like i really would encourage people to have you know that this is a stretch goal. This is realistic. And like, don't have one <clears throat> forecast, right? Have six, 10, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and, and say like, you know, and, and manage your team that way. Like, and that's why the, the hero on my website is like great teams forecast early and often. It's not like great CEOs promise the world. Like, no, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yes, yes. But, you know, so I guess the impact is, is often, it is like, financial it can be financial but what i'm really trying to do is is say do you want a culture of sane ambition where people get to keep stay motivated but like keep ground stay grounded but keep their eyes you know hopeful like it's that it's that psychological balance right
0: yeah that that does sound really important like i can just see for myself like with just expectations like you kind of like you're saying most entrepreneurs are very positive and just like, this is going to be amazing. And then, you know, when it's not, you're so disappointed. So I could see like, yeah, having a reality check like you're saying could be really helpful to just, you know, like what I keep telling myself and just what I'm starting to do with the business is like, I'm, I gotta be in it for the long game. Like I'm looking at like a marathon kind of thing where, um, you know, and I think that's, it, it's just a good mindset to just like, okay, this isn't just going to be like take off next month. And I'm not expecting that because yeah. the chances of that are super low. And my first business, I, I kind of was more in that boat. <laughs> um, cause I was more in like the startup world and listening to advice from, you know, st- startup people where that, you know, did happen, but the chances, you know, again, are just not that high for that. And I think, like you're saying that really did put me in just the roller coaster ride of just like Mm -hmm. terrible days some good days but like you're just up and down with how you feel about the business how you feel like things are going and it's it's really hard to just do that for a really long stretch
1: yeah it's a skill like it's a it's a skill you can develop and i will say enterprise salespeople have this skill um I know is like founder engineers are probably like the most distant from an enterprise salesperson. But like an enterprise salesperson lives this management of expectations in their professional and personal life because they're commission-based all the time, right? So it's like Mm -hmm. you're literally like hoping that this $500,000 deal closes, right? so that you can x right and so it's very very personal right (laughs) and like but it takes six months to get there and like any one thing can completely screw it up and like if your champion gets fired which you have no control over like the deal is done like living with that and so like i live with that (laughs) (laughs) like as a ceo and as a salesperson for long enough where i was like this skill needs to be like developed as early as possible um And I want to build a tool for forecasting that helps people develop. And if it helps listeners at all, like I can say out of the, I've probably looked at 300 forecasts in Summit at this point from hundreds of different companies. Um, And I think I've seen two hockey sticks in all of those. So like I know that you were talking to people in your last one that were all crushing it and all that. It's like, no, they're not. (laughs) Like, Like crushing it is like what their brain is telling them they're doing. But like the reality on the ground, if you, if you, if you talk to a hundred people and like more than two of them say they're crushing it, like the, the rest of them are lying, right? Like, <laughs> the, the, yeah, <laughs> like the other 98 are just trying to grind another 3% this month out or something like that because we're all, they're trying to like create that inflection point, right? But almost nobody has like, uh, you know, uh, a, a, you know, this, this shape business, um,
0: Right. Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting that like I think the bootstraps community does a lot better job mm-hmm. of this of just like being realistic and just like basically being honest about what a grind it is. Mm-hmm. Where in more startupy circles, VC backed circles, like there's more of a like everyone thinks they're crushing it kind of or yep. they think they're going to be the next the next big Facebook or whatever. And, and perversely,
1: <laughs> that's what makes it so hard for bootstrappers to raise money. Right? Not, right. not not only have they picked you know businesses that maybe aren't unicorn shaped but they've also committed to storytelling that is not exciting mm-hmm. right and i lo- i think that's fine right so i'm definitely in that camp <laughs> <laughs> um hopefully it's exciting but like it's not you know like it's not the um convince all the rich people to give me lots of money even though i'm a fraud level exciting (laughs) um yeah and like may it never be so but at the same time what i'm very passionate about now is like how can summit help the data tell stories so that bootstrappers or indie folks or people who just don't care about being a unicorn can get access to financing even if they're not the tell the world that I'm going to be the next Steve Jobs, right? Because that's yeah, yeah. That's that that's just that's not a good solution for the rest <laughs> of us.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, we know you've shared a bit on uh, out of beta, just kind of some of your next plans and next things. You, you know, you mentioned that you're going to raise some money, um, but can you share any more? Like, what's I guess what's your forecast for for Summit? <laughs> for your own business
1: yep um so i am doing a scary thing in a sense of uh considering two things at once which um it is yeah it's definitely dangerous Ooh, um,
0: door a or door b yeah yeah <laughs> door a or hard. door b
1: and, and like the, the why not both meme right um <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so my my forecast greatly depends on whether or not i give my full focus and attention to one the other or both Um, and we know both is impossible so um, so i'll just explain like if i just focus on the premium side of the business so i've got a free app right now i'm about to launch premium plans my stretch goal is to get to 100 customers subscribers by the end of the year paying somewhere around 149 dollars a month on average right spread across price points ranging from maybe 50 to 200 bucks a month maybe more Um, and that puts me in the ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollar month range in terms of revenue, um, and I think that's it's a stretch goal, but like I'll be on my way. So again, I have too few customers. These are assumptions. I'm in assumption land still, right? Because mm-hmm. I I have too little data to like correct myself statistically. So all I'm using is assumptions about like if I design the plane like this, I think it'll get. To the island, right? <laughs> so, uh, um, but I need like, you know, a water flotation device in case that doesn't work out. So I'm, ra- I'm, raising, I'm raising some money. Um, and, and even if I don't get to say 15, 20, I mean, 20,000 would be amazing. Um, my goal, like my goal is to get to a $10,000 a month business by the end of the year. I think it's possible. I've got some partnerships in the works that would potentially get Summit premium edition in front of thousands of startups this year. And if I can convert... 100 out of thousands like that's a pretty modest conversion rate still and i feel like that's that that ought to be my goal like why why the heck not right (laughs) i (laughs) I should try to do that um and i might find out i'm wrong we'll see like june will be a good reality check because by then i'm halfway there and you know early and often right so that's one part the other part is um i've been working with some companies very closely who themselves are interested in fundraising and some of them are definitely in the realm of like not unicorns or they don't even want to be unicorns right but they're in that five thousand to fifteen thousand dollar a month range in terms of revenue and they could use some financing of their own and they're you know they're connected to summit they've got a forecast and you know here i am looking at like a forecast verified stripe data and i just launched a plat integration which gives you um banking data like a um, which is important when you're thinking about things like lending and and you know auditing financials and all that. So here's like a complete picture of mm-hmm. their business, and I am now in a position where it's like okay, um, you know, I'm happy to help you think through funding, but you know I'm in a very privileged position of knowing enough people who would be very interested in maybe financing or funding companies like yours, right? Um, yeah, yeah. On very on terms that are very fair because, they, because I have this tool, right? So this yeah. tool allows me to really understand the risks of your business and maybe do that faster. I can do that cheaper, faster, better than anybody else. And, you know, I believe in your business. Um, and so, you know, some kind of um, fundraising instrument, I think it would be, more like lending and less like equity-based financing, so non-dilutive capital. Um, but I've got some really big ideas about that because then this is, the, this is, the, this is my version of like the huge vision. <laughs> using the tool is the application process. So the more you use the tool, yeah, yeah. the better you are at using it, yeah. the easier it is to underwrite your risks and know them and the faster and easier it is and the cheaper it is to offer you financing. So suddenly you have a application free, batch free, you know, wait until January 1st free way of getting money as a startup. Um,
0: so now we just got to use Summit and then we automatically get into tiny seed. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I will say this, I worked with Rob Einer to have a, an option, right, where you can you can sign up for Summit for free. And then you can send them your metrics through through a secure URL. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say there's probably a high correlation between not that like using Summit helps you get into Tiny Seed, but the companies that get into Batch Two, many of them probably took the time to do that.
0: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs>
1: yeah. And like if you didn't, didn't if you didn't, maybe you didn't care quite enough right or or maybe maybe you couldn't right i'm not saying that you could like everybody can but like it is an interesting like kind of little baby hurdle of like you know that's kind of like table stakes potentially at some point so you know that's that's where my head's at and like i'm very excited about the alt vc space i've written a lot of essays about it as well and like i do think that there is there's something happening between the earnest Uh and indies and tiny seas of the world and uh you know i want to be a part of that
0: yeah, it it sounds like there's maybe a door C where you just use you just have everyone use Summit and just use it as a superpower for yourself <laughs> to be able to to know all the opportunities that you want to take.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that um, that's definitely occurred to me. It's 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 something that people <laughs> told me. So I will say this: people told me that last year. People told me that last year, and I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. And then I had my own exit, and I'm like huh <laughs> you know like like suddenly I have the question of like, if I were gonna invest in startups, like who would I invest in? I'm like, well, you know it would be really nice is to have like huh oh. <laughs> 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 um, and then it's 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 funny because it's it's almost like. You know and this is not like this is at the risk of self-aggrandizing a bit but like you know i don't know if you know the story of like spacex where elon musk was apparently flying home from russia and like he was like trying to buy some old v2 rocket technology to start spacex and he like basically took out an excel note workbook or whatever and he ran the numbers on like buying a v2 rocket versus like building their own and it just like occurred to him that like he could do it for 10 times less if he just did it himself yeah like (laughs) And he, like, close like, the deal that they had or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, part of me is just, um, like, wait a minute. Like, why is fundraising so difficult, expensive, and painful and unfair to everyone? And it's, like, it's just all this waste in the system. And I'm, like, well, how hard would it really be to, like, just do a full stack implementation of something? Thanks to things like Plaid and Stripe and, you know... Um, and bare metrics and profit and chart mode, Like it's not, obviously I've done a lot of unique stuff, but like it's possible now in a way that it wasn't possible five years ago. Right. Um, yeah. so anyway, that's, that's like what puts wind in my sails. but in the meantime, <laughs> 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 yeah. got to figure it out still. I'm an entrepreneur still in this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing all that info with us. Uh, I know. I, I. I mean, once I get, I think I'm getting closer to the point where I can start doing some projections. So I'll definitely jump in Summit and. Uh, cool. It sounds like a, a really cool tool, and we're excited to see where you go with it and just yeah how things turn Thank out. You. So thanks for Thank thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This is a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully do it again. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we'll be sure to put uh, Matt's info in the show notes so you guys can check that out. But otherwise, we'll see you in another episode.